Welcome to another edition of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. This is a show that we do every two weeks on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel, where we talk about the Beatles solo careers mainly every now and then. We may slip in talking about the Beatles as a group. In fact, we're going to be doing that combined on the show tonight. And I'm Ken Michaels, one of the four regular co-hosts of the show. Hopefully you know me for my syndicated Beatles radio program that I've been doing since March of 1982 called Every Little Thing, currently running on 50 radio stations. I also am co-host of another Beatles talk show podcast called Things We Said Today, and I have my own YouTube channel as well, and Michael's Radio, loaded with interviews on the Beatles, lots of Beatles content. I'm being joined by my three regulars on the show. First of all, we have someone... I got to admit, I was a little confused a few days ago when I watched the coronation and they said the king and the queen were going to be there. And I thought they made a big mistake because I was expecting a different queen. <laughs> He's certainly the queen on this show and queen of Beatles social media. And she's also the author of several fine books, including songs who are singing, guided tours through the Beatles' lesser known tracks, Michael Jackson FAQ, all the stuff to know about the king of pop, pop and um, also a uh, fandom in the Beatles. She also does lots of things online, great seminars on the history of rock and roll. She's also co-host of another Beatles podcast. We're all very busy here, uh, all the co-hosts here. Um, Toppermost of the Poppermost, she does with uh, Martin Quibell and Ed Chen. And that's our own Kid O'Toole. Hello, Kit. Hello, Ken, Tom, Joe. Hi, everybody out there. Good to see you. Okay. Also, we have with us Tom Hunyadi, who you know for being one half of the very popular solo Paul McCartney podcast called Two Legs, along with Andy Nichols. He's always cranking out shows at an alarming rate. You can't keep up with them all. We're surprised he has time for this show. Tom, welcome. Thank you, Ken. Good to see you. Joe, Kit. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys every other Monday. At least we try to do this mm -hmm. every other Monday, you know. Um, but uh, this should be an uh, interesting conversation tonight. I think so. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Also, we have the very popular Joe Mayo, who has his own YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo. He's anything but mean. He does all kinds of things. Lots of shows on the Beatles. Lots of, uh, lots of things on popular culture. 
talks about films, does his own rants about things that he finds he has a problem with in today's society. He even makes weird faces like he just did. And um, <laughs> Joe, how's it going? Going great, Ken. Thank you so much. Hello, kid. Hello, Tom. Good to be here as usual. On tonight's show, we have a very interesting topic. Um, I'm sure you've heard it been said many times uh, where the Beatles are concerned, and not just the Beatles, but for other bands as well, the sum was greater than the parts. And we're going to debate that here on the show and get um, everyone's opinions on this. I have no idea what my co-hosts are going to say on this particular show. But, um, you know, for some people, this is like a moot point. How can you possibly even compare the Beatles as a group to their years as a solo artist? But for someone like myself who grew up on the Beatles first and really just was completely absorbed as a little kid, on their years together, buying all their records, and then following the solo careers and seeing all the success that they had on their own and following, as you know, the charts and just being so impressed with the success that all four of them had, unlike any other band. I mean, this is a band where each individual member had successful hits, successful albums, and so much more. So. Is it just an obvious thing? They were still better when they were together. Um, we're gonna talk about that on the show this time out. And I'd be curious to find out from everybody watching what their thoughts are as we're talking about this. We're all very respectful here with our opinions and love to hear what all of you have to say on this. But first we have a lot of Beatle news to get to. You'd be surprised how much there is. <laughs> first of all, Ringo Starr and his all-star band just announced a fall tour. It will be with the same lineup that he's had for the last several years. Steve Lukather, Colin Hay, Edgar Winter, Warren Hamm, Hamish Stewart, and Greg Bissonette. So far, no New York City area dates. I checked right before the show tonight. The tour starts on September the 17th in Ontario, California. Not Canada. <laughs> Ontario, California. And goes through Tucson. Albuquerque, Kansas City, St. Louis, Nashville, Clearwater, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Grand Rapids, Chicago. There was a note there that said, must see Kid O'Toole while I'm there. Damn right. Ringo. Uh, New Buffalo, Detroit, Charleston, Columbus, Little Rock, and the final date on October 13th in Thackerville in Oklahoma at the Windstar Casino. Now, do not confuse this with Ringo's spring U.S. tour, which actually starts May 19th, which is this Friday, and it runs through June 17th. For all the dates for the spring and fall concerts for Ringo, you can visit his website, which is ringostar.com. Pretty amazing. He usually does this a month at a time, somewhere between 15 to 20 dates. He's still keeping at it. Now, I wonder if you guys know about this. This will be a big surprise. I'll bet all three of you never heard this. But Ringo gave an interview to the San Diego Union Tribune to promote all of his activities, including the current tours. And one exciting bit of news he gave us is regarding new recordings he's working on. He said this year he's going to be doing three EPs. Whoa, what a surprise. <laughs> he said he's already done one. And he's very busy doing the next one now. And once again, 
Linda Perry is on it. You know Linda from being in Four Non Blondes. And she wrote Coming Undone on one of the EPs. And the last one, she wrote Everyone and Everything. Ringo was quoted as saying, then, just by chance, T-Bone Burnett sent me this beautiful country song. It didn't fit with a rock EP. So I said, okay, now we'll do a country EP. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wow. We finally. He says, it's not like I plan anything. Life just happens and I have time right now. So fingers crossed, we may have three EPs coming from Ringo this year. Cool. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> oh, I mean, and we're already you know, almost halfway over with this year. We better start getting them out soon. <laughs> Maybe I'll he'll take, finish all whatever. three. Whatever I can get from Ringo, I'll take. But I know there were people on my channel that often said, he better he better not re release enough for one album and then put out three EPs. You know, <laughs> I take them as I, as I can get Thanks. them. And uh, if one of them is all country, that's really cool. That's awesome. For all of that's us who have been yearning for a country album again from him, it's not a full album, but it's something. We'll take it. Now, one thing Ringo Starr has been doing a lot of in recent years is appearing on Friends albums, usually helping out on drums, playing on one track. He's played on the latest albums from Steve Lukather, Colin Hay, the brand new album from Ian Hunter, and now there's a new album coming from Nils Lofgren. And Ringo will be playing drums on what will be the first single called Ain't the Truth Enough, and he'll be singing on another track called We Better Find It. Doesn't say whether it's lead vocals from Ringo or background vocals. Nils, as I hope you know, was a member of Ringo's All-Star Bands in 1989 and 1992. And his new album called Mountains will be coming out July 21st. Uh, he's brought along some big guns to play on it, including Neil Young and the late David Crosby. Hmm. And jazz bass legend, Ron Carter. Wow. Okay. Some other news to get to here. As we have been hearing, the legendary Dolly Parton will have a new album coming out, which will feature an array of superstars, and it will be called Rockstar. Months ago, we learned that Paul McCartney will be recording with her, and indeed he will. But that's not all. Ringo Starr will also be on the record together. They will be on their new version of Let It Be. And the cover version will have special guest Peter Frampton, and Mick Fleetwood playing on it. Mick Fleetwood makes me wonder, does that mean Ringo's not drumming? We'll have to, have to wait yeah. and see. The album is due out November 17th. As part of the upcoming Tribeca Festival, Paul McCartney will be taking part in an interview to promote his new book of early Beatles photos, 1964, Eyes of the Storm. Conan O'Brien will be interviewing him on June the 15th at the OKX theater at the BMCC TPAC. TPAC is Tribeca Performing Arts Center. That's on Chambers Street in New York. Paul's new book showcases 275 photos of the Beatles from late 1963 and early 1964 when Beatlemania erupted. The conversation will later air on Conan's podcast called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. <laughs> and uh, I should point out that uh, two guys who watch this show will be attending that interview, and hopefully we're going to have him here uh, the Monday following the interview with Paul with Conan O'Brien, Tom and James Liverani. Uh, they should be on this show 
So I won't be here for that because I'll be on a vacation at the time, but you'll have two eyewitnesses to the interview with uh, Conan O'Brien. Okay. They're, they're great. They're great people. They, uh, they were there at the fest when we interviewed uh, LJ. Uh, they, they were in the room with us. And um, I, th I think Tom got on stage with, or James, no, I think James got on stage with Paul uh, yes. a few years back. I think they both the did. Lucky people. Yeah, during, they both, during the yeah, sound check. With, yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that alone, that's a story yeah. to itself. You got to have them talk about exactly. it here. Yeah. Yes. I remember that. Yep. Yep. Among the new books coming out include That Was Me, Paul McCartney's Career and the Legacy of the Beatles by Richard D. Driver, which explores the impact of Paul McCartney as a musician outside the Beatles identifying the continued excitement in generations of fans and listeners and his perennial efforts to perform and record music. Though rooted in biographical details of Paul McCartney, the book identifies a historical placement of musicians that since World War II, um, these are people who have been for decades making significant music um, from the 50s on up and World War II. Richard D. Driver shows how McCartney's solo career is multifaceted and extremely diverse, ranging from breaking sharply with the style and output of the Beatles to experimenting in orchestral and operatic music and returning to music designed to emulate and reproduce the style, success, and popularity of the Beatles. Through McCartney, we can literally and symbolically view and revisit the popular music phenomenon that was the Beatles and popular music from the 1950s to today. And this book comes out August the 15th. Another new one is called Dark Horse Records, the story of George Harrison's post-Beatles record label by Aaron Badgley. The book tells the story of how, when the Beatles' Apple Records was winding down, George Harrison and Ringo Starr both wanted to help new artists. So rather than trying to salvage Apple Records, each ex-Beatle created their own label. Ringo Starr established Ringo Records while George Harrison created Dark Horse Records, set up to be a much smaller scale label, releasing records from new artists as well as some of his old friends, with an eye to eventually releasing his own solo music. The book shares the label's history right up to the current time. And since the year 2020, Danny Harrison has taken over the reins and has made Dark Horse a viable label once again, signing Cat Stevens, Billy Idol, and releasing music from Joe Strummer and Leon Russell. And this year it was announced that Harrison's entire solo catalog was going to be re-released on Dark Horse. The book tells the story of the label from the beginning through its struggles and uh, to its new and exciting renaissance. All right, some upcoming concerts to talk about. This is all happening uh, this, this current week. The Carmine piece, Fernando Perdomo project. <laughs> Fernando Perdomo, we know from being on our show and helping to put together that tribute to Ram with Denny Sywell, uh, called Ram On. And um, he'll be performing with Carmine at the Cutting Room tomorrow night at 7.30. Lawrence Juber will be at the same venue, the Cutting Room, this Wednesday at 7.30. Also, our good friend Gary Burr, together with his wife, Georgia Middleman, they're both great songwriters, um, both doing a lot in the country field. We know Gary, of course, from being with Ringo's Roundheads for many years and 
with a lot of the albums made after the Mark Hudson Roundheads days. And they'll be performing at the Cutting Room this Friday. Jeff Slate, a good friend of ours that we've seen at the Fest for Beatle fans. Um, he'll be doing a Bob Dylan birthday bash at Hill Country Barbecue in New York City this Friday night at 8 p.m. And the Weaklings will be playing at Daryl's house in Pauling, New York, and that's this Sunday at 7 p.m. Before we get to our main topic, do we want to talk about uh, Chicago Fest? Sure. Okay, because it was just sure. announced today. Okay. Um, it'll be happening August 11th through the 13th at uh, where it always does, the Hyatt Regency O'Hare. Um, it's saying online that there is a pre-sale that has started right now for tickets. Um, guests include some of the same people that were just there at the New Jersey Fest, uh, Patty Boyd. Uh, Billy J. Kramer was not there in New Jersey this time. He was there last year, but he will be at the Chicago one. Joey Mullen, Terry Sylvester, Mark Rivera will be there again. Mm -hmm. um, also, Greg Bissonette, Jay Bergen should show up, hopefully in person. Mm -hmm. I think he's healthy <laughs> enough now. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. My colleague, Alan Cozen, will be there to talk about the McCartney legacy and our good friend, Ken Womack, as well. Okay, mm -hmm. if you need more information, always go to thefest.com. Do note that um, Mark Lewison is not listed here as a guest. He was just yeah. there in New Jersey. Peter <clears throat> Asher is not listed. He was just there Let's in New hope Jersey. Mark is actually writing, uh, you know, uh, yeah, taking he's, time to write. Uh, he's in a log or, cabin or somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's locked himself in a log cabin somewhere and he's writing volume two right now as we speak. Okay. Yeah. I think all of us w would like to say no one's going to disturb him. Yes. Have all the privacy you want, Mark. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so as I said earlier, our main topic tonight is this whole idea of, we've heard the phrase, the sum is greater than the parts. It's been used all the time with various artists. A lot of bands like the Beatles. I just saw an interview with Mickey Dolenz where he's talking about the monkeys. Oh, they were, the sum was greater than the parts. Does it really apply to the Beatles? Um, and as I said just a few moments ago, as someone who observed and got to listen to all the solo music as it came out, as well as listening to all the Beatles stuff when it first came out, I was always impressed by all the success the Beatles had on their own. And watching the charts on a week-by-week -week basis, seeing all the big hits they had, seeing how well their albums did. I know there are a lot of first generation fans that might have lost interest in the Beatles after they broke up and maybe they follow them to some degree, but they weren't paying attention to the charts. There may be a lot of young fans now who thankfully are getting into the group that may not know how successful the Beatles solo careers were. Um, but I always like to bring that up and that's why I'm thankful that we have a show like this one and other podcast shows that delve deeply into the solo catalog like Two Legs does. So I just want to start this conversation uh, by asking the three of you, um, well, have you gone through your experience as a Beatle fan thinking about this? The sum being greater than the parts. Have you uh, not given it much thought? And really, does this issue even matter to you? I know it matters to me, but as the Kinks once said, I'm not like everybody else. <laughs> so 
Kit, why don't we start with you? Well, you know, I guess for years, I always, I guess I considered the Beatles years and the solo years as, you know, completely separate and almost like you can't compare them, you know, mm-hmm. that they were almost, you know, two separate eras and that it's almost, um, you know, almost unfair to, to compare them in a way. Mm. Um, because, you know, in many ways, and which is a great thing, um, that the solo years, I mean, yes, they sound, of course, they're going to sound Beatlesque. Uh, I mean, obviously, many of the songs, but in other ways, which is great. Um, in other ways, a lot of their songs don't sound that much like the Beatles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they really were able, obviously, to take, you know, their individual talents and do things that they couldn't do with the Beatles that I think would have sounded strange if if they try i mean you know john lennon to me being the perfect example Mm. um you know the the some of the material not all but some of the material he did particularly plastic ono band i mean that to me is the perfect example i don't see the beatles doing anything like plastic ono band i just think you know i i just don't see it i mean his his lyric writing that stripped down production um i just don't see the Beatles as a group doing anything like that. Um, you know, I, I just think it wasn't their, their genre as a group. So um, for the most part, anyway, uh, mm. Paul McCartney had his, I mean, again, some of his stuff was Beatlesque, um, but some of it wasn't, um, you know, some of it, I don't see him recording with the band um and you know same same with george he was able to dig even more heavily into spirituality into world music um and again don't know if he could have done that with the band he did some but but uh of course when he went on his solo career he did it even more Mm -hmm. so you know so in some ways i i didn't really think about this as much because i just felt like for years it was almost apples and oranges, you know, that I, I felt like you couldn't compare the two, that they were two, the Beatles years, the solo years were separate, mm. you know. So this is a very interesting topic that, that we're going to talk about tonight because it's it's going to be hard to compare these. But as I said, this is the great thing about the solo years that they did, you know, they didn't just repeat what right. they did the Beatles. I mean, and as we've been going along in this show, you know, and really digging even deeper into the solo catalogs, you really see that, you know, they really did for the most part, avoid repeating themselves. Yeah. I mean, we brought up a few times here on this show, you you made the case of Plastic Ono Band. You know, I can't see Paul and George playing along to the songs on Plastic Ono Band. No, I can't see John and Paul helping out George on the songs on All Things Must Pass. No, you know, or the very deeply spiritual stuff. I mean, you, they did a little bit in the Beatle years with the inner light, with the the three of them, John, Paul, and George doing vocals, you know, and with uh, "I Love You Too," although within you, without you, was just George. But right. um, yeah, and then Ringo did "Sentimental Journey," you know, do, doing a departure like that and doing a lot of 
pre-rock and roll songs, which who knows what the Beatles might have done had they continued. But the point is, it was something different, you know. Tom, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, for one, can see Good Night on a song like Good Night on Sentimental Journey. I couldn't, for one, can see a song like Mother on, you know, on a Beatles. Beatles, uh, I, I think I think all of their solo material, one way or the other, can be incorporated into a Beatles album. And one, and one album that I think proves that is Revolver. I mean, look at all the different genres of music that is on that album. Mm-hmm. And they incorporate it into a pop record. And I think that proves right there that they can do classical or, 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 or garage or, or psychedelic or anything, um, you know, into an album. So when, when you guys say that, I, I kind of disagree a little bit. I can see where you guys are coming from, but I think in the back of their minds, I, I think they're always thinking, okay, well, we've kind of done something like this before in the past. I'm going to try to incorporate it into my solo career. I don't know. This is a fascinating topic. I, I, you know, I haven't always thought about something like this, but it does come up from time to time. I mean, there's that very popular thing that a lot of us did. Like, what if the Beatles never got, you know, what if the Beatles never broke up? And then you take, you know, songs from their albums and mm-hmm. you make a 1970 album or a 71 album or 72. And I think some of it fits. I, I definitely see I can definitely make a case for, you know, uh, 10 songs from 1970 to 1972 that would, would that would rival any Beatles record. I mean, I think there's, you know, fantastic stuff from throughout the whole 50, 50, what, where were we at? 53 years now of, of new material mm. from, from the, from the four. And I can see easily, you know, we talk about songs that we think would be classics if, if they were a Beatles song, right? Weight of the world. I think would, uh-huh. would be held as a classic. I mean, although it's already much appreciated in the Beatles community, but we're talking about those average fans, right? Those average listeners that sometimes listen and sometimes they don't. If it sounds like the Beatles, they'll they'll buy it. You know, if it doesn't, you know, if it gets too political, maybe they mm-hmm. won't buy it. I'll uh, you know uh, give Ireland back to the Irish or stuff on on uh, New York City. You know, so I mean, I guess it's it's really up to the consumer. I mean, people are gonna you know, they're going to choose with their wallets. And then if they think that it, you know, it works, then they're not. I mean, why did they, they you know, their stuff go downhill in, in the 80s? And, and, you know, why did Ringo lose popularity in, you know, in the second half of well, the we 70s? Talk, we've talked you about know, that here. You know, we, yeah. yeah, we've talked about that. But but the but the point is for me is, is I definitely, yeah, okay, we, we're all going to say that the sum is maybe greater than the parts, but how do you really look at that? How do you break that down? I would say that the sum is more consistent than the parts, but not necessarily always better than the sum. Um, so again, we'll, we can make make our case as as we go along with this. But but yeah, I mean, I definitely have thought about you know this, and uh, you know I you know I'm 73, so I didn't get the you know Ken like you, I didn't or, or Joe or you know we didn't get to see you know Beatles songs as as in, in real time. So, right. you know, Kit and I, you know, we, we were getting yeah. into Beatles and solo at the same time and enjoying right. them for what they were. We didn't, I didn't necessarily care that they were solo or Beatle records. I loved the music. Mm-hmm. And, and that really is the bottom line. If you love the music, who cares if it's solo or Beatles? Well, 
I agree with you wholeheartedly there, Tom, <laughs> but not everybody sees it that way. And I love what you said right. about Revolver. Look, the Beatles were so musically eclectic that they can they can master just about yeah. anything. But at the same time, I would also say that there's a lot of songs in the solo catalog that I really can't see the other Beatles joining that Beatle on because they probably wouldn't want to. It wouldn't be something yeah, they that they would feel comfortable. Many... It isn't a question of whether they can. Hmm. You know, right. it's more what they would what they would want represented for them as an artist. Well, like, for example, no, wait a second, like silly love okay. songs. Can you can you honestly see John and George? You know, Ringo is easy to get along with. He'll play with anybody. But can <laughs> but you honestly perfect see as it is it's perfect as it is? Yeah, no. But but obviously, I but think Linda, they, they would have their, I mean, if they were to stay together, they would have had their solo careers anyways. You know, so well, I, I, mean, but I can definitely no, see, no. you know, but 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 there was only Paul was the only one on Blackbird. Right. I mean, I mean, there's going right. to be times there's going to be times when it's just going to be maybe just that one person i i think and there was times in in the beatles uh beatles history that it was just one or two of them maybe even three or three you know in the studio happened, recording one song happened, it happened a lot yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so again i don't necessarily think that just because a song like mother isn't commercial or or maybe you don't see them i think it's possible that you know, I look at, and then God, for example, I mean, we know Ringo is on it and that's going to be another thing too. I mean, you know, how do we look at, you know, when a, a, a beetle is helping another beetle? I mean, is that, I mean, look how giddy we get when we talk about those songs, like, like photograph, right. Or don't uh-huh. come easy or, you know, other songs. I mean, you know, we can go into, you know, the eighties, like the, you know, so bad or take it away. I mean, we watch those videos and we just get, you know, smiles on our face because there's two beetles in a video. You know? mm. So, you know, but there's just so many ways that you can analyze this. Oh, that's the beauty of this, of this topic. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've often said, uh, you know, if you've got a Beatles song like the Ballad of John and Yoko, but it only has two yeah. Beatles on it, yeah. then what is Beautiful Night, which has right. Paul and Ringo on it? How is that different than a Beatles song? You know, you've got to have, I guess it has to deal with what the other Beatles, what their input was on the record. But um, yeah, there's so many ways you can go with this yeah. conversation. But uh, but for someone like myself, for the longest time, because I, it was a big influence on me, that book altogether now, the discography, which went all the way through 1975, it covered the group and it covered the solo in the same book. <laughs> you know, so to me, I looked at the group and the solo careers as all one catalog. Mm. You know, Nowhere Man is a John Lennon song with the Beatles. Mind Games is a John Lennon song in a solo career. They're both John Lennon songs. The common thread is that you have the main songwriters. And Ringo developed into a very good songwriter, too, mm-hmm. as well. Anyway, Joe, your thoughts about this? Do you ever, <laughs> you you ever... <laughs> <laughs> At this point? <laughs> Go ahead. Follow it up. What were you asking? No, but did you ever think about this whole concept of the sum being greater than parts? Did it matter to you? Um. No, actually, because first of all, I love the solo music. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I'm here. That's why I like to do this show, uh, because I think a lot of this uh, the solo music is not only underrated, but not always listened to in the first place. Right. You know, but having said that, I do think that, you know, the Beatles as a group, come on, it's all four of them together. You got three great writers 
mm-hmm. you know, alone there. Ringo wrote some songs, but, you know, John, Paul, and George, the great writers all together, you know. Um, and the, the thing about the solo years, though, I do think, as has been said here, there are some solo songs to me which are not only as good as the Beatles songs, but in some cases, taking individual songs, Hmm. I think are better. I can find solo songs that I think are better than certain Beatles songs, you know, as far as uh, technically, you know, more pleasing to the ear or whatever. That's all a matter of personal opinion. But I've always, yeah, I've always championed the solo music Um, as far as whether or not having certain songs that the Beatles would have done had they still been together, a lot of people, fans, they say, you know, all those songs would have been Beatles songs. Mm. You know, all those songs. My Sweet Lord would have been a Beatles song. Imagine would have been a Beatles song. And all these. No, not always true, as I've said many times, right? We know. Maybe I'm amazed, I think, what it is, because it's worn out of the pain, a lot of it, of what was going on and uh, right. Paul's discomfort, you know, with the Beatles situation at that time and breaking up and all that. Um and God, are you gonna have the song God with I don't believe in Beatles at the end of it? <laughs> you know, you're gonna I, I, would George be as spiritual? Uh would he be allowed to be as spiritual? Would he you know, would he be doing something like uh, Hear Me Lord or Art of Dying or something like that? Uh, or uh Waiting on You All if he's with the Beatles, those great songs, which mm. I think, you know, so that argument doesn't always fly that these would have been Beatles songs, only a little different because you'd have the four members on each track, maybe in some cases, but not a lot of times. But uh, yeah, as much as I do love the solo music and defend it constantly, I do think the Beatles as as a whole is, mm. is outstanding. You know, I think the Beatles music goes from the songs go from good to great. <laughs> Though with the solo stuff, I can find some that I feel are poor or weak to great. You know, that's a difference for me. Unless you want to get into stuff like, oh, you know, stuff that doesn't really count with the Beatles, like well, Wild Honey Pie, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. Is that really like a song or is that <laughs> some kind of a segue? Is You Know My Name, Look Up the Number, Just Having Fun. You know, I don't, I don't count those. You know the ones, Her Majesty, uh-huh. you know, right. the ones everybody picks yeah you kind of you kind of sound a bit like me (laughs) but no seriously what i many times on this show i said beatles songs the group go from good to great even the songs that i like the least i still like and i would still consider them to be good the solo careers there's a few clunkers you know for me you know i like most of the solo catalog but it kind of bothers me sometimes when there are fans who just wish that a lot of those solo songs were Beatles recordings and the Beatles backed up all of them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they would be better. And what bothers me the most is that when they pick certain songs, like let's just say it's My Sweet Lord, the fact that you picked that song must mean that you like the George Harrison recording of the song. So you're liking the solo recordings of this music to begin with. So why don't you give credit you know, to the solo Beatles for putting out the music that way. At the same time, you've got It Don't Come Easy, which has George Harrison sound all over it, produced the song, co-wrote the song. You could definitely hear, you know, that being 
a Beatles recording more so than other ones as well. But um, yeah, do you do you measure all the solo works up to what they did as a band? No, not all the time. I, I don't think, think so. so. I, I don't think that's fair to do that. No. <laughs> um, no. You no. know, uh, they, they 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 moved on. Uh, you know, I mean, look at I think George was you know guys you know, George and Paul in a way. Even John. I mean, I think they all tried to get away from, you know the you know the way they recorded, uh, you know stuff. I mean, I mean, it's the, the plastic ono band is just stripped down. I mean, that's probably what more or less what he was thinking for Let It Be, right? I mean, just to strip down, no production at all. Um, in there, but yeah, I, I think definitely would say that you can't you can't do that. I would mm -hmm. disagree. No, that. somebody said that once. Yeah, yeah I mean, was... my my sweet Lord, just mentioning that, saying you know, oh, would have been better if the Beatles had had recorded that. I mean, see, to me, I that drives me nuts when I hear that too, because I mean, to me, that is kind of an insult. Well, not kind of, it is an insult to yes. words because yeah. that. That whole album was such a statement for, mm. for George, and it is so great the way it is. I mean, it is that was a personal statement that George made about, you know, his music, his vision, um, you know, his his thoughts on, you know, spirituality, his thoughts on, you know, the musical direction he wanted to go in. Yes, I understand George played or excuse me. Um, uh, uh, Ringo played on, you know, drums on some of it. I, you know, I get that there was some input, but it was George, you know, I mean, right. that was George's statement. I don't want that to sound Beatlesque, and, and, you know, it sounded so great the way it was. This was a, you know, this was a singular artist emerging, you know, from the Beatles and saying, all right, I'm going on to the next phase now, you know, right. so I really don't. Uh, compare that um, to the Beatles. That's what makes it so great, you know, that this was right. him saying, you know, I've moved on from from the boys. I've moved on from my old band. This is who I am now, uh, you know. So no, I, I want to compare. It. I want to add something about you might bring up, you know, like, like that album, All Things Must Pass. You know, I mean, look, look let's say it. Um, the question sometimes that I'm asked is, do I sometimes feel that there are any solo Beatles albums that are better than Beatle albums. And to that, I say no, in my opinion. I don't think even, even the greatest of solo Beatles albums, none of them are better than a Beatles album, uh, which to me, in my opinion, shows the power of the four together mm -hmm. for that reason. But I will say there are a few that are as, as albums that are as good as Beatles albums. And one of them is All Things Must Pass. For me, that's the first yeah. one. And now that you don't have all four of them working together on there, but uh, I think how majestic that is and how wonderful and perfect and special that is, is near the quality mm -hmm. of a Beatles album. Right. Well, you know, the one thing that I like to say about comparing the two is that it's re really difficult for me to say, you know, that all the Beatles albums as a group are better than all the solo albums. To me, I just like it all, genuinely like it all. And, you know, I, I have a great experience listening to all of them. And to me, yeah. what's more important is not what's better, but whether or not it's worthwhile to listen to. And I find all the Beatles solo albums to be worthwhile. 
And there are plenty of times I'm more in the mood to hear solo albums than hear Beatle albums. Oh, yeah. yeah. These days, always for me. <laughs> you, do you listen to the solo Beatles more than the group? I do. I, I'm, for me, though, it's mostly because of it's not as played out for me, not, you know, not as tired, uh, so to speak. Although the other day, I will say I had a long trip and I pulled out the White Album on CD for the first time in ages. And boy, did I love that album. <laughs> the White Album is maybe the their best album. <laughs> All of them are the best, the best albums. But so much variety and difference on there, and trying new things and experiments, and interesting the way the songs kind of blend into each other. Ah, it's a masterpiece. Okay, but generally speaking, if I'm going to go somewhere on a trip, I, I usually grab a solo disc mm -hmm. before, only because, as I say, uh, the Beatles are kind of uh, you know I've heard them a lot there a little played out to me but the longer i wait to hear something from the beatles like the white album thing i haven't heard sergeant pepper in its entirety since the 50th anniversary 2017. Hmm. if i was to put that on you know dedicated one i'm just going to just drink it all in and no interruptions i probably would be blown away again right these guys are really great you know wow you know but it's all in here so it's so much in here that <laughs> It's really a great experience sometimes when you listen to an album that you haven't listened to for a long time and it's like, wow. Yeah. And maybe you hear things that you didn't hear before or you have even more of an appreciation for it. And that can certainly happen with with a lot of artists' music. But mm -hmm. definitely, it, in my case, because I'm always working on my Beatles shows, especially my radio show, I'm never yeah. too far <laughs> away from it, you know, where yeah. I could say, yeah. well, I haven't listened to the White Album in five years. I'm, you know, it's just not the case. But um, I know what you're saying. Tom, do you listen more to the to the solo these days than the group? Or and also how much of the fact that you have a podcast that's mainly about <laughs> solo McCartney, does that figure into it? Uh it figures a lot into it. I mean, especially with this this podcast or video cast as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean as long as we keep getting in our uh, anniversaries, right? Uh, remasters. I mean, we're constantly listening to to solo stuff. Even like "Let It Be," the all the the bonus songs. I mean, listen, look how you know much we loved listening to the stuff that eventually became solo stuff uh -huh. that was on that was on there that was on there. Uh, you know, so yeah. I mean, it's listen. I've had many years listening to Beatles nonstop. I loved every minute of it. Um, mm -hmm. like Joe, I mean, that's the thing. It's funny. That's a very true statement that, you know, when these box sets come out, we listen to them a couple of times, we do the show and then they're, they're on the shelf. I mean, how often do we really go back and, and listen to them? I mean, obviously, um, you know, we did the revolver show last year, right? So we, we wanted to pay attention to that. I even went back and listened to the mono revolver, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just to, just to, just to see if I could, you know, you know, see the, hear the difference or, or just, you know, see if there's anything, um, anything different. Um, but, but yeah, I, it's, it's definitely solo Beatles for me. I mean, that has really taken over my life pretty much since, uh, I would say probably 99, 2000, since uh, my uncle and I did our, uh, you know, what if the Beatles never broke up CDs, you know, <laughs> that was the start solo of it all. Career. That was the start of it all. I mean, you know, because at that time I still hadn't listened to everything. And then, you know, discovering, you know, wildlife, which blew my blew me away, discovering um, you know, mind games and and, and walls and bridges, which I hadn't listened to uh yet. The whole thing, I should say, at that point in time. Uh, you know, it's really I, I just fell in love with the stuff. Mm. 
Right. You raise a good point there, uh, Tom. I think it applies to the group and the solo. These box sets, because you're learning so much about them in the bonus material and the evolution of certain songs and demos of songs, it gives you more of an appreciation, I think, for the music. You know, I find myself, if I play anything from any of the box sets, it still is the bonus material instead of the actual albums. But the same thing applies with the solo music too. And in this day and age, especially, uh, and this I think applies so much more to the group, there's so much that's out there on the internet of isolated tracks. And you can yeah. hear Ringo drumming on She Said, She Said, just his drums and just Paul's bass on something or, you know, and it gives you even more of an appreciation when you hear that. So, you know, but uh, I sure I'm grateful these box sets are coming out. I hope more, more oh, keep absolutely. coming. Yeah. But, but the Beatles are not making new music anymore. You know, I mean, Paul and, and thankfully Ringo are. So obviously that's, you know, and then when we get these box sets from, from John, you know, and listening to these, um, you know, audio only tracks or, you know, the, and just you know, discovering his, his voice. And, you know, I mean, I thought that really, for me right now, it's where it's at, you know, yeah. discovering and listening to new music. Yeah, well, it's even though they're old songs, you're learning new stuff about it. So it still is new. It right. doesn't have to be brand yes. new music. So, right. yeah. Kate, how about you? Do you listen to more of the, the group or the solo these days? Yeah, I mean, probably a bit more of the solo. I mean, partially because, of course, we're doing this show. I mean, one mm. of the 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 great things um, that I've, I've really found about doing this show is, you know, learning more about Ringo's. Uh, solo catalog is I have to admit mm. before we were doing this you know I wasn't as as heavily uh, as, as into Ringo's solo work and so since uh, we've been doing this um, you know I'm really happy to say I mean I've, I've dug way deeper into it and have found you know some real buried treasures mm. that I, I didn't know about um, until until we did this so uh, so I've really been listening to more of that and um, and yeah because I, I think I've said it before on this show I mean I've, I've listened to the Beatles I mean since I've you know I uh, really started getting interested in them in the 80s so I feel like they're in my DNA now <laughs> you know I, I mean I, I feel like I know them so well that yeah, I mean, there is, there can be a little, you know, fatigue factor, but yes, thank God for these box sets, because, uh, and, and Astro Jair pointed that out in the comments, that they really, you know, breathe some new life um, into these albums, because sure. you get to experience all over again, just how incredible the albums are, and, um, you know, and, and with the mixes, I mean, you'll hear some things, I mean, Sgt. Pepper in particular, I know I've, I've said this before, on our show that, I mean, that was an eye-opening experience for me to, mm. to hear the remix, uh, the new mix of Sgt. Pepper. And I mean, there were some details in there I'd never noticed before. Um, right. that I, I just, uh, I mean, I was so excited. Um, and uh, and I, I just, um, you know, it made me fall in love with that album all over again. You know, it gave me an even deeper appreciation of it. So, I'll, I'll listen to that and the outtakes, as you said, I love the right. outtakes. And, and yes, these isolations that uh, have popped up since the rock band uh, game came out in yeah. was it 2009, I think it was, yep. um, that, you know, have really enabled us to listen to, you know, isolated vocals or Paul's bass. I love hearing 
um, the, you know, base isolations, just to get a deeper appreciation of just how good, you know, a basis T is. And, and um, you know, so it does allow you to experience the music in a whole new way. But probably these days, I, I do listen to the solo music a bit more because, um, you know, it isn't, unfortunately, played as often as like like on the Beatles channel, for example, on mm -hmm. Sirius XM. I mean, every time I tune into it, and I don't listen to it all the time, by the way, uh, but, you know, it just seems like, a, Joe, we've talked, you know, you've talked about this too, that, you know, whenever you tune into it, it tends to be same old stuff, you know? Yeah, and, I, I had to cancel my subscription a couple of times, I, I, a, a few times. Um, I like the the shows that are on there yeah you know mm -hmm. the talk shows I agree. things like that uh and chris carter of course but but overall i i was i really was becoming anti-beatles after a while listening <laughs> to that all during the day in the car and various trips and to, back and forth to work then and, and i was like no, no i don't want i don't want to hear can't buy me love any ever again i don't want to hear hey yeah. jude ever again come together you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um i don't really mean that but you know what i what i'm yeah saying. i mean you love the music of yeah, course it makes you yeah and that's the thing you know without putting the beatles on anyway you get your fill somehow somewhere it's everywhere mm -hmm. anyway it's on you put on the regular i put on the am radio there's Beatles songs on there, you know, and you hear it. You know, you put Ken's show on, you know, Ken Michaels. Uh, Thank you. You hear it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, no, the stuff's out there anyway, in a way, without even having to dedicate. Well, I, I, I would I would beg to differ because I don't think the Beatles music is played that much on the radio now because commercial radio, they're not going to play that much from the 60s period sadly yeah sadly you know true and true, even, sad but true. you know gradually every decade you're hearing less and less and less because they don't want to appeal to a, what they consider oh, an older yeah. demographic listening but they should. Um, you know <laughs> for the longest time and this was even when i first started doing my beatles show i would always put together compilations of beatles music in those days on cassette and i would mix yeah. the group and the solo together and that's how i yeah. listened to the music of it i didn't really separate the two and to this day if there's any kind of presentation on the beatles where it's strictly the group it's like come on you know move on a little bit you know? <laughs> there's so okay. much other music that was done whether you consider 1970 the starting point or 68 you know with the solo careers um i get that way whenever i listen to any radio show on the beatles or even tribute bands i wish they'd play they'd mix the solo with with the group but anyway, how important to you guys is the success that they had commercially? Does that matter at all to you? Because some people don't care about the charts. They don't care about the sales. Sales don't always necessarily reflect quality in the eyes of some people. But, I mean, you look at the 70s, the Beatles dominated the charts, the singles charts and the album charts um, in the 70s, the four of them, even though john took that break for five years um and then in the 80s continued success not nearly as much as in the 70s and still you have some chart success today with paul um how important is all that to you in, you know in, in the grand scheme of things in the way that people should view this music should they give it a lot more respect because of the fact that they they did so well tom 
I mean, I, th I think it matters a little bit um, to be commercially successful, maybe. I mean, I mean, again, you know, we're such a, I think a, our community is shrinking and whatnot. So, I mean, to, to like maybe have Paul come out with say something like new or, or memory almost full, which is kind of exciting and, and upbeat and, and, and trying new things, which I know a lot of, not a lot of people like when he, you know, maybe does something like for you or, you know, something like that. But I, I think <laughs> that they need to appeal to, to, to younger people as, as the decades continue and, the the you know the older generations unfortunately you know dwindle you know they need to find a way to, to to stay relevant and and you do that by getting younger producers right you get younger talent to help mm -hmm. you you know re record record uh an album so in a way sometimes it does i mean does but i mean hey if it's good to my ears i don't care if it's george martin producing them or or was it uh tether uh right was that right. 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 you know it, it it yeah it, it doesn't matter uh to me just as long as it's it's good to my ears uh the com and then the, the commercial i mean if it's successfully commercially then that's just the cherry on the top and then maybe those people that you know, say, oh well, he hasn't done anything good since tug of war, or you know, <laughs> those those people need to you know, <laughs> you know, cool it and and just enjoy enjoy the music for for what it is. Okay, um, unfortunately, that sound you know that we love with with Linda and Denny, you know, doing backing vocals, that's not coming back, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's over, unfortunately. Hmm. So you know, you look at stuff like uh, you know, riding the Vanity Fair or or new or you know dance tonight i mean those are uh, to me are important you know tracks that people you know who say their fans should should listen to and enjoy whether it's commercial or not hmm. okay well you know i go on about the charts a lot and i know that you're into the charts too tom so that's yeah, why i yeah. bring that up joe i yeah. don't want you to be last this time yeah, you always do that. <laughs> when I want to be last, when I want to have time to think about it, then you put me first. <laughs> no, but um, some of the things Tom was saying, I, I want to bounce off some of them, like like Tedder, you know, talking about like uh, newer sound. I'm still trying to, to grasp that in the sense that who who wants to cater to the 2023 sound in this day and age? First of all, I don't think 2023 is anything to get really gung ho about. I say don't dumb it down for today's youth. Let them go more sophisticated and listen to the great older stuff uh, mm. and appreciate it for what it was in its day. But uh, and Paul having hits, this, you know, Tom, when you were talking, I'm thinking like we. I want Paul to have hits. Ringo, oh boy. I, I thought here's to the to the night. Is that the name? Hit the nights. Here's to the nights. Yes. To the nights. Yeah. I thought yeah. I, I said before. I thought that was like an opportunity if they promoted that right to maybe to have like a New Year's Eve kind of thing. Yeah. But is it really realistic to expect Paul or Ringo these days anymore? I know this is very controversial no. to have a big hit with the youth anymore. I, I wonder about that. If they're in their 80s and stuff. It would be amazing. It would be terrific. But I wonder if it's realistic anymore. Um, I don't it's know. If Paul could write that no. certain song, maybe, but it, I don't know. Uh, maybe Ringo with Country, if he had a really mm -hmm. good country song. 
Yeah, it's, the country charts. Uh, it has to have the country is not to, what it was. The Sorry. industry well, has to promote and target it towards young people. I mean, you see, I mean, Paul in particular has promoted his stuff so much, you know, with all yeah. the concerts that he did. Think about Egypt Station, all the different concerts he did. Oh, he did fantastic. But it that. doesn't mean anything if radio's not playing him. No, right. Now, radio radio yeah. not playing it. Although I do remember hearing Come On To Me on the regular radio one time out of nowhere, which I thought was amazing. Uh-huh. And it's it's so rare these days, but I love hearing that. Um, but I don't know. I just wonder. I just wonder if it, if it can be done anymore like that. I mean, I always wanted them to have hits back in the day. I mean, sure, always. I mean, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. You know, I was just listening to a replay of the Ed Sullivan Theater up close show that mm. I was at in nineteen ninety two with Paul, and he's introducing I was the Brown song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was there. I, yeah. As close as I was. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I but, I agree. I, I think chart success now is 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 a non-factor. However, you can still appeal to a younger crowd. And I but can I just say I finished my we, thought mm-hmm. there for a second. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. finish my thought, but when Hope of Deliverance came on, I remember him saying, you know, this is this is this good single from our upcoming album. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was great, even hearing it the first time there. And I remember saying to Paul, number one, Paul, you know, and uh it wasn't. It was it didn't do well at all that single. You know? No, it didn't. I think the time the the times are better in the US, you know, mm-hmm. especially I'm talking. Uh, the, the times, I guess, are there. If that was a 1975 song, I'll bet you it would have been number one. Could be. Yeah, that's we brought that up here time and time yeah, again. We do yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, I was, I was also referring to the chart success that they had in the 70s and the 80s. How much does that oh. matter to you? Is that as I usually say, affirmation of the public really liking the music when it was played to them and to a younger audience. Is that a statement so, well, to I you? Mean, being, Does it matter? Yeah. Well, being that I didn't get into until the 80s and then, you know, I went, went backwards. You know, so it yeah. didn't matter to me what they did chart-wise in the 70s. I just knew I liked the music. So right. what, does it, what did the charts matter to me? Um, I was happy to see um um got my mind set on you go to number one i was right. you know ecstatic mm-hmm. you know but that wasn't gonna ruin the song for me right right yeah, yeah the quad we all would agree right a, a song doesn't have to be a hit for it to be a great song you know, somebody like right. weight of the world which tom mentioned before sh- should have been a, a hit yeah. uh, a modest yeah. hit top 20 maybe something mm-hmm. like that it wasn't you know, didn't do anything doesn't mean it's not a good song so obviously it doesn't have to be a hit to be a good a good song some of the best songs aren't hits you right. know bob dylan had a lot of great songs that aren't number one number one yeah. hits right but uh yeah but do i but do i like it in the 70s yeah i, I did do i think that uh it, it's a testament to how good this stuff is yes i do I think that uh, Paul, as Paul went on in his career, I mean, the, the songs that became big hits were hits because it was good, the, the singles. They were good songs. Yeah. You know, I often say, well, I think the albums sometimes in the early, some of the earlier albums, they were still buying it because it was uh, a Beatle. But I do think that the songs were, stood on their own. We know Ringo's hits that he had in the 70s, George as well, you know, give me love, give me peace on earth and my sweet Lord. These, this is all quality material. John, not not so much, you know, because I still think with John, 
the problem was I still think he had a reputation and it, people weren't accepting of him as much as the others, I believe, but stuff like, well, instant karma did okay, but sure should have been, sh- should have been bigger, you know, <laughs> but uh, and so I'm, yeah. And imagine, I imagine mean, you know, should have been bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I just think it was in his case, I think maybe not, not trying to play the John card again. I'm just saying, I honestly think even in the seventies, John, like, you know, he offended a lot of people or turned off people and the whole Yoko thing. I think that was part of it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I just want to jump in and say, you know, one thing, and I'm sure all of you out there watching, listening to this, you know, have heard the same thing, you know, the people who say, oh, you know, Paul didn't record anything of significance since Tug of War. And, you know, and of course, yeah, I say, I say the look on Ken's face already. And I, I think the same thing because, I mean, you know, Flaming Pie. Uh, chaos and creation in the backyard memory almost full one that i i I advocate for Mm. i mean you know those are some of the you know best albums that that he did uh in you know in in his career and were they big time charting albums no you know they definitely weren't but they are incredible albums i mean you know some of his finest work i think um and particularly in his later career but, yeah, because, you know, they didn't have big hits and, and you know, they didn't right. get the airplay they should have, partially right. because it's just, you know, the changing, you know, the changing times. I mean, that, right. that they just, uh, it, it wasn't the 70s anymore, you know, radio right. airplay is different exactly. and so forth. And, you know, but that doesn't mean, as you all have said, that it isn't good. Um, and so, you know, so I don't know. I mean, if, if charts are, I, I mean, that's great that they all particularly had great success in the seventies and, and all, I mean, it shows, yes, they were successful solo artists, but it isn't the be all and end all. Um, you know, Paul is still doing great work, even though he's not, you know, number one anymore. Um, although I also want to point out though, when he came out with Egypt station, he definitely tried to uh promote it like crazy i mean he sure. uh uh you know went on uh, uh social media channels and and did all that stuff which i thought was smart he did carpool karaoke you know he did try to play the game right. as it is today yeah he should always play the game yeah exactly and he, he did tried it with the it. new album as well he yes was yeah mm-hmm. quite a lot yep so he did try to do that um, yeah. But, you know, as you said, he's, you know, and, and now, you know, he's 80. And I mean, no, 20 year olds are not going to buy his albums. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing. The unfortunately, people do look at it when you, when you, when, you know, I don't look and think, oh my God, these guys are so old. <laughs> now, right. I don't think that. But if I was 16, 17, <laughs> you know, I might think, you know, hey, pops, you know, hey, grandpa, you know, I, I'm not interested, maybe. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, you know, this is a great topic. It's a show to itself. Yes. You know, uh, you're talking about the charts and everything. And I always like to bring it up because it's just when they had the success, especially in the 70s, it's proof that when it was targeted to young people, that's how they responded to it. So it's only as the airplay dwindled and the sales would become less. So that's just the natural thing that happens. And it's really tough for aging rock stars and pop stars to have hits again. I mean, the last time that Paul had a top 10 hit was when he teamed up with Kanye West and Rihanna. 
And it's because of that association that it became doesn't count. <laughs> that's a whole other. That's a whole other debate. Okay, we'll do another show. Billy on that. Preston had a number one. We'll get back. Oh. Hey, his name uh, is on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, someone's pointing out that they did have uh, still have hits in the '90s in other countries, and yes, we definitely. Oh, are, in other countries, absolutely. About, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we are talking about this absolutely from America. We understand, yeah. as you said, America isn't everything. We do understand that we are taking this from an American perspective. So, right. uh, you know, we we can't. Uh, we can't cover every uh, every country because then this would be a multi-hour show. Uh, so we, we can't do that. So, yes, we are definitely doing this from an American perspective because that's our perspective. So it's it's an interesting thing, too, to take a look at singles and albums that did better in one country than another country. Or you take mm-hmm. a look at Paul's success with uh, an album like um, Pipes of Peace and Give My Regards to Broad Street in the U.K., and they weren't nearly as successful here in America. Right. So, um, you know, and We All Stand Together was a huge hit. And of course you had, well, the biggest difference of all is Mull of Kintyre, which, uh, was a, which was a big hit worldwide in just about every country except the U.S. It wasn't just the U.K. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, Well, they didn't even really promote it here, am I right? They pro- well, they didn't think that really? it would be a hit because, right. you right. know, yeah. who was going to listen right. to a folk song with bagpipes? You know, in America, that was 77. Yeah. They still won't play it in concert here, darn it. Right. (laughs) Why did anybody know? Does anybody know what Magneto and Titanium Man did in other other, uh, Um, countries? Well, (laughs) it's dying to know. I'm dying. I know Kate was listening. (laughs) My favorite. (laughs) That was a B side to one of the Venus and Mars. What's that? Sorry. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now, can I can I propose a question to you guys? Sure, sure. If, unless uh, you got some marrying you. Oh, I I have a few no, more questions, no. but. Oh no. Um. Do you guys think that I mean, if it wasn't for the parts, I mean, was if it wasn't for the sum that the parts wouldn't have been as successful, as as they as they had you know as they were, wow. or, or as good. Like Ooh. I I got my hot take is is I don't think. Paul McCartney would have been as a great a songwriter as he was if it wasn't for being in a band with John Lennon. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if if John would would be as great if, if he was if it wasn't for Paul's assistant in with melody or 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 in, in, instrumentation. Well, that's interesting. Um, you mean, you mean you would know, they have been as look, great in solo, or you mean as in general? No, no. What I'm saying is, is without the 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 sum, the parts oh, wouldn't oh, have oh, been anywhere near as good if it wasn't for the fact that they were. A sum. I always, I always wonder that about John and Paul because you, you know, I always think they, they needed each other pretty much in the early days, and 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 you know, I would say if there was anybody that was going to be something on his own, it would have been Paul, maybe. You know, I think. You know, you think he had maybe the talent, uh, but I don't know. That's you know, it's so hard, right? Isn't it hard to when you know what the facts were as they played out? To right. Try to imagine what it could have been like or would have been like otherwise. That's that's I an, wonder. an impossible question to answer, but I probably would say, you know, the Beatles weren't just a great band that put out great music. They were a training ground. Yeah. They learned from each other as musicians. Mm, right, they learned right. from George Martin. They learned that's from right. engineers right. that worked in the studio. And they developed styles of their own when they were in the Beatles, which they carried over into their solo careers also making changes with the music um, mm-hmm. and experimenting on their own. 
So, you know, you listen to songs that Paul did in the early 70s, you know, the, from the McCartney album and and Ram and the acoustic stuff that I always like to bring up, you know, Junk and uh, Teddy Boy and Every Night and Heart of the Country and Mama's Little Girl. Well, you know, he was doing I Will <laughs> and he was doing Mother Nature's Son in the Beatles. So a lot of what the Beatles did in their solo careers they learned and they copied some of the same things from uh, their years together. But the mm -hmm. fact of the matter is an important aspect here is that, you know, Paul's career has endured all these many years. And you can't say that's just because he was a Beatle. You know, it's because of all the music that he's done and all the success that he's had. And he's become such an incredible legend through everything that he's done. Um, you know, George's career lasted a long time. And um, I do believe if John was alive right now, he would continue to have success, not the same kind of success that he had in the 70s and through Double Fantasy, because again, the media and the industry wouldn't be promoting aging veterans, but mm -hmm. they'd still be putting out great music and still have a following and it would be enduring and lasting to this day. Mm -hmm. So um, no, the, there's so many circumstances you know, would the Beatles have written the music that they wrote when they were together if they weren't that band? You know, that's some, some of the songs are because of the circumstances of what they were going through. Uh, you know, take the White Album. We wouldn't have had Dear Prudence if they didn't go to India. <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have had the continuing story of Bungalow Bill if they didn't go to India. You know? Um, yeah, but what, what's Honey Pie's excuse? <laughs> doesn't need an excuse it's a great song <laughs> i i do think though that um with paul and john's fun. yeah uh with paul and and john's um uh songwriting partnership though i think one of the things that at least early on that that really um helped was that they were able to tell each other you know that mm -hmm. line doesn't work you know, and right. that, and I mean, they, they could tell each other when, when something wasn't working or, or, you know, or, you know, that sounds great. And I think when they both lost that, when, when the band broke up, um, that, you know, there, there was, I, I think they both felt the loss uh, in, in many ways. So I think that definitely, uh, was you know had an impact on on the writing. I mean, I've I've said that many times. Um, as far as George goes, you know, hey, what a training ground mm -hmm. he, uh, he had. As yeah. you were saying. Yeah. Um, so I I think um, you know maybe training ground is is the best. Uh, the, the I agree with that phrase, Ken. I think mm. um, I don't know if they would have been the same artists if if they hadn't all work together beforehand i mean you know they obviously had that chemistry and i think um that they all did help each other learned and and, and yes george martin was certainly a big factor too hmm. um but i i think that the fact that you know particularly john and paul had the guts to tell each other this isn't working we need to change this line you know um had a major impact um, on their writing style. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, the, one of the criticisms that's been made, especially where John and Paul 
is concerned about their solo careers is this issue of overindulgence. Mm-hmm. You know, that maybe Paul's music is a little too sappy. It needed an edge. And that's where John came in. And where John's music is concerned, maybe it was a little too acid or, you know, it needed to have uh, its edges smoothed over from Paul and make it a little bit more commercial. Do you find that to be true? Have there been times when you've listened to a John Lennon solo song or a Paul McCartney solo song and thought, gee, I wish the other one was on it? Hmm. You weren't expecting these questions, were you? I would have thought about it more if I I knew that. Uh, Sometimes I see that in social media a lot. You know, I wish John had helped Paul out with this song or I wish Paul had helped John out with that song. Well, I got to be honest again, not to show, you know, uh, being biased, but I I think more, if anything, I mostly noticed Paul songs that could have used a little John. I don't think I noticed so much John songs where I said, gee, Paul should have been in there, you know, help that song as much mm-hmm. solo songs. Are you talking about with lyrics or are you talking about so, well, providing l- an lyrics? I guess lyrics a lot of times, mostly lyrics, all lyrics. Maybe that, you know, it's not such a great lyric, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I still think he did, fun, you know, he did fine. Paul, obviously, sure. he had a tremendous success successful career you know and uh again uh, if this, this somehow this fits in i don't know but i wanted to say it again the idea all the solos again big songs that we know the radio that were played uh that were hit songs didn't matter to me that they were in the beatles and i don't i think they would have been hits even if they had never been a beatles if that makes sense i mean you could argue they wouldn't exist those songs in the solo canon wouldn't exist if they hadn't had the experience of being in the beatles but that's a semantics i'm saying mm. just in general mm-hmm. as, as as a song listen to what the man said right. would have been a hit if they had never been the beatles you know i think and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh or uncle albert admiral halsey they didn't have to be the beatles for that to be the sound just this guy you know paul mccartney paul you know paul linda mccartney making a single i think right. it would have been the same the number one is just as well mm-hmm. okay kid what are your thoughts on this Boy, that's a that's a tough question. I mean, there there are times, of course, and I mean, I've I've said it on the show many times where uh, I've heard some Paul songs where I've said, you know, those lyrics sound unfinished or wow, that's a, you know, I, hmm. I think that that lyric could have used some work and 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 it was more a case of I wish that you know the producer had challenged him more or or something like that. Um, Maybe not specifically, John. Although I would, you know, I I hope I would have hoped John would have stepped in and said, "For you, for you, get out of here, <laughs> get out of here with that one. Come on, you can do yeah. better than that." I don't know. You know? He might have liked that. No, yeah. well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> John I don't know. Maybe he, he might have liked that. He one. might have said, "Hey, coming up, that's that's. Oh, wait a minute." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't yeah. need all those berries in uh, feeding the clouds. You don't need to yeah. say very, 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 very hard that yeah. too many times. <laughs> you know, so I mean, because I think of it more as he just he needs, you know, to me, Paul needs somebody who, you know, can tell him the truth and, and has the guts to challenge him on some stuff. Not necessarily John himself hmm. yeah i got um, yeah, you but, but, sometimes yeah but but somebody who you know i mean as i've said that's why i think chaos and creation was that turned out so well because that producer did mm-hmm. and 
Paul never Nigel worked Godrich. with him again. But <laughs> yeah, right, Nigel Godrick. Yeah, Paul never right. worked with him again. But and that's probably <laughs> why, because he did challenge him. Right. But look what a great album that was. Mm. You know, and like, to be like, fair to John, to, to be fair to Paul again, where, where uh, John could have used him, maybe mm-hmm. not so much in like lyrics or structure as much as as in discipline. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe to you know take more time on this. Right. Let's get the hell out of here. Exactly. Kind of like, you know, you should mm. take a bit more time. Maybe that kind of thing. Or yeah, could have done one more take or, you know, or whatever. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah, some some discipline in some cases. I think that's a good point. Huh. Yeah. Well, Any we know what happened when they got of? into the studio <laughs> together. I got to think, yeah. think of them now. Yeah. They got me. Oh, not really. I'm trying to be fair, but no. Uh, I don't know. But was that, Tom? So well, we know what happened when uh, they got into the studio together. When they were, when John was helping uh, Harry with, uh, with. Um, oh uh, yeah. Uh, that was you know, we'll snore in snore. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, legendary. Pussycats that, album. That yeah. sounds so. But it sounds they probably were all strung out for one thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was. Oh, I remember yeah. picking that up, and I'm like, and Stevie Wonder too. This is gonna be epic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I get oh, the impression epic, that all right. <laughs> you know, epically insane. Yeah. And uh, I get the impression that John, you know, John's probably they're all they're probably Paul and John probably feel strange. John more than Paul, I think. Mm. And and John is just yelling the things about ah, you know, where's the volume in the headphones? Come on, it's dead. It's, it's like dead, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And it's like just sing something. You, that you worried about the headphones. I, it's almost like he's stalling to me, John. He's all he feels awkward. This is he's nervous. This is him and Paul again. You know, yep. I think John is kind of like uptight there. Yeah. Hmm. All I remember you... was I spent money on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even in the May Pang movie, they play a little bit of it. Very little bit. There's not yeah. much you can play. <laughs> very little. <laughs> Tom, did you did you ever feel that you wish Paul was on a John record or John was on a Paul record to help each other out? I mean, yeah, I I think you know Paul would have said, hey, maybe put New York City out for the leadoff single instead of you know, woman is the you know oh, end of the world. That, that's a good one. Maybe that's maybe one. not be so controversial. Hmm. Uh, you know, even though he did down. you know a controversial song too with Give Ireland Back to the Irish, but but yeah, tone it down a little bit. You know. Maybe make it a cleaner production, even if he wanted a more of a garage band sound to the album. I don't know. Maybe he would have suggested a different, you know, you know, I'm going to say, look, lads, if you do it this way, you know, <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say. You Put know? out little um, peep. Yeah, Lost a sheep. Yeah, sheep. yeah exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the three members of the band tried to stop him from doing that song. I don't yeah, think John yeah. would have succeeded either. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, that's just where oh he was at the God. time, but yeah. Paulina yeah. said, uh, John probably would have had uh, Paul advise Paul to do, uh, despite repeated warnings, make it nastier. <laughs> probably, yeah, maybe. Now, you see, I love the but fact that he John... might have said, Don't toe the line so much, Paul. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the fact that John did call Turkey by himself, you know, because the other Beatles rejected it. They didn't want it to go out as the Beatles. So I agree with John's decision there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have minded if that went out as the Beatles. That's a great, edgy rocker. 
but I guess I, I they mean, didn't want that to go with their image. I like that it didn't. I like that he said, I'm putting it out myself then. Yeah. Well, that's so, why, you know, but still, you know, there's a disagreement there as to whether or not yeah. John wanted it as a Beatles single. Yeah. And, and Paul, I don't remember if George did too, but they, I mean, Paul, he's balked at it. I don't remember. George, George, George I, I'm pretty sure too. he didn't want it out. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I can see. Mary Jane also. Was a... That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was, yeah. That's the thing we were missing from this. <laughs> that's I mean, you, you got, you got three of them playing on each other's album. The one, the only one we didn't really get was John on a Paul or, or Paul on a John's. I mean, that's the only, you know, scenario we didn't really get. Well, the only you know? Paul on a George record is all those years ago. Well, yeah, but it's still, you know, know, still on know. there. Yeah, yeah. Just the backing vocals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, Barely. I never, I never felt this tremendous loss personally where I wish that John had helped Paul out or wish Paul would help John out. To me, they were complete songwriters on their own. Every now and then there'd be an awkward right. lyric from Paul. I think John's lyrics for me were always just great. You know, I never had a problem with any of John's lyrics. Um, once in a while, I wish Paul would work a little bit harder on the lyrics, but for the most part, I accepted just about everything that he did lyrically. So right. that's the thing. When you go back to the Beatle years, that Lennon-McCartney relationship and also the whole relationship of the four of them. And there's different levels of collaboration in everything. If you're talking about songwriting, there's there's songs that were 50-50 between John and Paul. There are songs that were more 80% John, 20% Paul, or 80% Paul, 20% John, and some that were 100% John or 100% Paul. And uh, same thing with as musicians backing each other out. You know, there are times when you didn't have all four of them. Or, um, you know, one of them made a massive contribution with their instrument, whether it's a great part that Ringo played or a great guitar solo that George played. Every song is different, you know, and um, it's not like every single song, all four of them were together making contributions, but there were plenty of songs that were like that. And, you know, it's it's such an amazing thing to observe and to study after all these years, how they as a group came up with so much incredible material in such a short period of time. And like I said, different levels of collaboration on different songs. And, but that's one thing, that's probably the last thing I wanna talk about here because with me, I've often said that I'm very much a song man. To me, the song is the most yeah. important thing in a recording. And let me just tell the story because I only said this on two legs, I think. Um, there was one time only when I had the chance to talk to George Martin and a friend of mine had set up this interview over the phone and I knew my friend who did this was going to dominate the conversation so I knew I'd only get a few <laughs> words in there but the one thing I wanted to make sure I said to George Martin was I can't imagine what a song like Strawberry Fields Forever would have sounded like if anybody else had produced it and without any hesitation he said to me Strawberry Fields is a great song before I had anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. and on the one hand i thought he was being overly modest but then if you think about it he's right mm -hmm. to me the reason why the beatles music has endured all this time is because they're great songs first and yes mm -hmm. the beatles brought a lot to their songs but even if you have the greatest bass player and the greatest drummer if you have the greatest harmonies the greatest guitar player 
it don't amount to anything if the songs aren't good first. Right. And that's the magic of the Beatles is the fact that the songs are great songs. And the reason why I love the solo music so much is because John and Paul continued to write great songs on their own. And then you've got this third guy there who was flourishing before our eyes by the end of the 60s in the Beatle years. And he continued to put out great stuff on his own. And then to a lesser degree, but still a significant degree, Ringo developed into a decent songwriter. So you've got all these great songs. The question is, what matters more to you? How great the song is or what everybody else is bringing to the table with it? And I love what the Beatles brought as a band to their own songs. It was magic. They had amazing chemistry. You might think it's not as exciting when it comes to the solo music, but hey, uh, Jim Keltner's pretty good to me, and and uh, uh, Klaus Vormann's pretty good to me. Uh, Gary Wright, Nicky Hopkins, all these great musicians, all the musicians and wings I loved, the guys in Elephant's Memory I loved, all the session players that worked with the Beatles. Um, I think they're fantastic. I love the arrangements of the solo music as well. Maybe not as much. I'm not sure as as the Beatles recordings, but the the quality of the songs never went downhill. In fact, we got more great songs because you had more from George Harrison coming out yeah. as a solo artist, and then yeah. you know all the stuff that Ringo's done, and he's kept at it as we just heard three EPs, yeah. <laughs> possibly this year. Um, so, you know, that's that's probably the biggest reason why I love the solo stuff as much as I do. Is it better than the group? I don't really care. I just, like I said, it's all worthwhile to me. You know, there are plenty of times when I'd rather listen to a solo album over a Beatles album. There are plenty of times when I'd rather listen to a Beatles album over a solo album. So it all depends upon my mood, but there's so much great material coming from all four of them. And thankfully, we still have more coming from Paul and Ringo. And who knows what we're going to get in the vaults from the group and from John and George. And uh, something I'm always going to be grateful for. You know, mm. I wouldn't be on the radio for 41 years if I didn't love <laughs> this catalog. And, uh, you know, the group and the solo combined is, to me, the greatest catalog of all. So Well, and, and as I said at the beginning of, you know, of our discussion, that, you know, they didn't repeat themselves uh, mm. in the solo years. You know, that's that's what I like that, um, you know, I mean, sure, some of it sounds Beatlesque. Of course, it's going to, you know, some of it is. But a lot of it isn't. I mean, you know, look, I mean, you mentioned Ringo. Mm. I mean, even in, in his recent solo work, I mean, he's done some reggae. Uh, you know, right. he's delved into that. He's delved into, um, you know, of course, country. He's delved into, you know, all different kinds of uh, white jazz. I mean, his right. last one, he delved into that. You know, yeah. he's, he's done that. Free your soul. Um, Free your yeah. soul. Great song. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's just uh, amazing. And George, you know, and to, I mean, really was a pioneer mm. in world music. Um, and, uh, you know, Paul is, you know, we've talked about delved into all kinds of different music himself, R&B and, and um, some world music himself. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really, uh, it's great to see how, you know, varied um, their, their catalog is. You could argue that, you know, they started that in the Beatles too. Uh, but they really continued to explore that. So I think they continued with what they did in the Beatles and that they didn't want to repeat themselves. 
Right. Um, and uh, so, mm. you know, that's another great thing uh, about the the, cat, the solo catalog. It's not boring. And you already <laughs> did it with the Beatles. It's already been right. done. So do something different. You don't need, in my opinion, John and Paul together, you know, helping each other on their solo albums. It'd be nice if they had done a couple of things, maybe, uh, for old time's sake. Mm-hmm. But to me, I like that it's different. I, and I've said it a million times before. I never re- regretted that the Beatles split up when they did. I think they split up at the right time, perfectly, mm-hmm. and they yep. they left behind a, a, a perfect catalog. And then they went on in four directions to do four different adventures of, of music. They went out on top. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I like to say that by elevating the status of the solo careers, you're not diminishing what they accomplished as a band at all. You're right. only making no their legacy greater mm-hmm. and um it's the greatest legacy of all to me <laughs> to be able to to make it on your own which is something that i think many people take for granted i mean name any other band where each individual member achieved what the beatles did on their own it's mm-hmm. extraordinary yeah. <laughs> it's beyond amazing you know can you name any any band that where each member had hits on their own top 10 or number one same thing. Yeah, I mean, first. yeah. I mean that. that I mean, the closest speaks could, volumes. Could, yeah, yeah. Right. What Mac comes to mind, you know. Not everyone. Eagles come to mind. Yeah, not everyone, but yeah, that's why it's tough. You know, it really is. Yeah. I mean, there's you could put it in reverse. I I think you can make a case for for Phil Collins being more more successful <laughs> in the '80s than than Genesis' entire 50 year career. Right. Uh, you know. But but uh, that's another story. For if you go podcast. back to the early Genesis, then you got to give Peter Gabriel yeah. credit for yeah, the success absolutely. he had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, this has been great talking about this. Yeah. yeah. So, what, is the sum really greater than the parts? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> oh, you're asking me. <laughs> asking them. Yes, let us know. That's the beauty of this conversation. We all have opinions, and you guys watching have your own opinion. We want to know yep. what you think. Let us know what you think of our opinions. But be nice. <laughs> hey, we didn't go into any individual songs. I noticed that are better solo songs that are better than Beatles songs. Well, you know, I could just off the top of my head just go through John songs that I think are, are top tier that are. You want? <laughs> I'll do it. It's very oh, you open. had to open this can of worms. Oh, oh boy! Well, I just want we were gonna get done early too. Yeah, good. Great job, Joe. <laughs> Calico skies is better than what you're doing. <laughs> How's that? Okay. <laughs> no, but I, I love what you're so- doing. I love what you're doing. <laughs> I love what you're doing also. You know, give me love, give me peace on earth is much better than you like me too much. But I and I love you like me too much. I think it's an mm-hmm. underrated Beatles song. Just I give agree me with examples. You. There are there are solo songs that are better than certain Beatles songs. Right. It's all subjective, yeah. but and there's so much stuff from the solo catalog that are amongst the best of that Beatles entire career. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's not black and white. It's not in one direction no. and that's it. You know, Mm-mm. photograph is better than don't pass me by. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with you. Yeah, maybe. Something's wrong. I just agree with Joe three maybe. times in a row. There's something oh wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> I think the apocalypse is upon us. <laughs> well, I had to make kidding. up for last show. Yep. 
since I already mentioned it, you know, do you want me to just run off just a few songs from John? That All I think right. are the yeah. you know, this is so yeah. easy off the top of my head. I would say Cold Turkey, Instant Karma, Mother, a Working Class Hero, Isolation, God, um, Imagine, uh, Jealous Guy, Oh My Love, Give Me Some Truth, How, it's a real favorite of mine, mm -hmm. um, Out the Blue, I Know, I Know, Mind Games, You Are Here, um, Nobody Loves You When You're Down and Out, uh what you got <laughs> number nine dream um stealing glass yeah. uh yeah starting With over woman beautiful boy watching the wheels nobody told me those are all amongst the best of john's entire career that's all off the top of my head you know without even thinking wow i hate to see what happened if you thought about it <laughs> <laughs> We'd be here for several real, days. Yeah. Yes. I got be here all night. Ten tracks. <laughs> I got 10 tracks real quick before we close out. These 10 tracks, I think, would, would rival a Beatles album. I think would just be, and this is from 70 to 72, okay? Now, I'm not saying that I see the Beatles playing on these songs. I'm just saying that these tracks are are up there with with Beatle tracks and right. then this album would consist of maybe i'm amazed instant karma my sweet lord another day it don't come easy imagine back off boogaloo new york city hi 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 and the confront in the in the controversial one um would be would be bangladesh and i, I say that because I, I i think that this is something that all of them would would rally around um and behind george on because it's uh you know it's a it's a special uh, uh, you know, not 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 an event, but it was it was uh, something that was you know worldwide felt or whatever, and and they would have wanted to partake and help um, their friend George in creating the song for this situation. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the only the only reason why I say that. But but I I think that would be you know that album would would rival you know any Beatle album. That's okay. just my it's all my that's opinion. all top tier stuff. <laughs> I love the fact you put yeah. Bangladesh in there. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to say? All right. I'll just give, I haven't had much time to think about this, so I'll just run off a few songs here. Um, all right. I just have, maybe I'm amazed. Imagine it don't come easy. My sweet Lord watching the wheels photograph. My love. Isn't it a pity? Those are just to, to yeah, start yeah. off. There are, okay. there are many, and you know, not for nothing, but most of us are picking the, earlier songs you notice that's always like around 70 71 a lot of them mm -hmm. but this stuff as we said you know if we really yeah. thought about it more in the 80s 90s and so forth mm -hmm. oh yeah i mean 2000s that's, yeah. that's yep. just off the top of my head yeah there are a lot more. too much rain there's one oh more. god mm -hmm. yeah hey wanderlust you know the end yeah. of the end yeah one of the yeah. songs phenomenal you know and yeah. uh as we said in our last show although there's the there may be a, a few people here opposing it. Little Lamb Dragonfly, I put way up there. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was good okay. You know, but, um, <laughs> you talk That's about cool. this doing 70s. I just did John, so yeah, most mm -hmm. of them had yeah. to be the 70s. Oh, yeah. yeah I should have yeah. said mm -hmm. Grohl with me as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's, there were a lot of good things. And again, if you don't listen to a lot of the solo stuff, do yourself a favor. Try to yeah. learn it. Yes. Know it. Live it. 
Live it. Love it. And and don't <laughs> compare it to the Beatles. Just listen to it. And exactly. Just, you know, I find it its own merits. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That puts a wrap on our topic here. Why don't we all go around and tell everybody what we're up to? Starting with Joe. I made Thank you first. You, because I like to be first with this because I never have anything and it's humiliating to go last. <laughs> oh, but the thing on. is, no, I don't have anything on anybody in there. You know, no, no, usually I do. Uh, you know, I'll have something as a show or something. But this time I don't accept my usual videos that I do. I mean, Mr. Mayo. And the only thing on the YouTube channel that's changing is I just made an announcement today that I hope I don't regret that I'm going to try. In addition to all the Beatles, solo Beatles content I have on my YouTube channel, I'm going to try to put everything under one roof. I, I, I tried having a movie channel on the side. I'm trying to put it all together. Uh, that's not Beatles related or solo Beatles related, but mm. you know, it's news. That's all I could say. And uh, I've done a few Beatles videos lately, but I uh, got some more. I'm going to start doing solo Beatle album reviews again. I did that for a while, petered out, now I'm going to revamp the whole thing, talk about solo albums again. Okay, stay tuned. Good <laughs> ideas there, <laughs> Tom. How about you? Well, uh, if you've been keeping up with Two Legs Podcast, you know we had the, the great you know Luca Parazzi on our show, and uh, we talked about his latest book, Music is Ideas. And uh, thank you all for for you know that re- the response for that uh, episode has been great. It's it's pretty much right at uh, a thousand views. So thank you very much for everybody for for checking it out. And there he is now, Ken. Yeah, there he is. Wow, I'm still right? trying to decide <laughs> if I should get the hard. I didn't order that yet. Well, should I get the hardcover? It's out in hardcover too. As well as hardcover software. is now available on Amazon. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And um, this past weekend, we did something a little different. Now, don't worry. We're not, you know, steering away from Paul as a solo artist or, or Beatle or whatnot. But we just did a little something different because I know it's, it, it's something that a lot of people talk about. And, and that is, you know, the difference or what is better, you know, the, the U.S. or the U.K. rubber soul. I mean, a lot of people talk about these two albums and the, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, people that, you know, grew up with one or the other and, you know, and that's where their loyalty lies, you know, <laughs> and, and it's a great, we had a lot of great uh, comments uh, on this episode. So we really appreciate everybody that, uh, that, um, that watched and, or, or listened to that and keep those comments coming. That was a really fun show to do with Al Sussman and Ethan Alexanian four generation of Beatle fans, uh, which was a really, a really uh, fun thing to, to have. Um, with that, and then we've we've got something coming up with 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 Jude Sutherland uh, Kessler um, coming up, and then we're going to be doing a couple weeks ago we did our favorites opening tracks from Paul's uh, solo canon. Now we're going to go to the closing tracks and then talk about our favorite closing tracks from Paul's uh, canon albums. And um, I shouldn't. I'll wait to to say the the, the next thing because I'm really excited about that for the next show. So <laughs> I want to make sure we record it and get it in the books before I mention it. So uh, uh, so I'll hold oh. on to that. So yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> one could only wish. But um, find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Two Legs Podcast. You can email us at Two Legs Podcast at Gmail dot com. And uh, we're getting more subscribers on our YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody, to has subscribed. And if you haven't yet, please go to Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast on YouTube. Check us out and subscribe. And off to the next person. Okay. That leaves you, the real queen. (laughs) 
in my thank book, you. anyway. Oh, thank you, Ken. Thank you. Well, um, first of all, uh, you can find us um, at Talk More Talk uh, right here, of course, on this YouTube channel. And uh, please tell your friends uh, to uh, check us out and subscribe. If uh, all of you watching haven't already, please subscribe. We're trying to get those numbers up, up, up. So uh, please, uh, please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Going up. <laughs> Going up. Going up. Um, if uh, you haven't already, please check us out on Facebook and uh, like us there for all the updates for uh, upcoming episodes and all kinds of other stuff that uh, we post there as well. You can find us on Twitter at TalkMoreTalk1, the number one. You can also reach us via email at TalkMoreSoloTalk at gmail.com. Uh, if you have ideas for future topics you might want us to consider, uh, feedback, all that kind of stuff, please email us there. You can also find the audio version of this show on virtually any podcast platform you can think of. So, uh, so if you prefer to listen, I've talked to people who say they listen to us while they're working out, cleaning the house. Um, we're just the perfect accompaniment. Uh, we're riding the bus, riding the train. Uh, we're just perfect accompaniment for any activity like that that you're doing. So uh, check us out there. Um, as far as what I'm doing, um, next month on uh, June, I think it's June, yes, June 6th, I'm going to be back on uh, Monmouth University's Tuesday Night Record Club with our good buddy, Ken Womack. We are going to be discussing the Cars debut album, which is one of the best debut albums there isn't a bad track on it right hmm. so uh so bye we bye will... yep that's right oh. uh, <laughs> that's song. right great song and just so, what i needed I'm yeah, sorry, just I'm what getting, i need i'm getting all yep. excited i like i like the cars oh yeah i mean it's a great and we're, as i said one of the best debut albums ever so we're going to be discussing that june 6 uh 7 30 eastern um and you can register for that i'll put the register link if i haven't already on um our talk more talk facebook page i'll have it on my own facebook page it is absolutely free um, you just have to register and uh, it's on Zoom. We are going to have a great time. So I hope you'll join us. Um, next week, we uh, at, uh, at Toppermost and Poppermost are going to be recording our June 1963 episode. So that will be up soon. Uh, our May 1963 episode will be up soon. And you can check out all our previous episodes uh, by going to our uh, website, which I have up on, uh, on our Talk More Talk page, or you can join our Toppermost of the Poppermost Facebook page to check out our previous episodes. Hope you check it out and uh, let us know what you think. So I think that's everything I'm up to now. All right. Thank you, Kit. Mm -hmm. Plenty there to now tackle. Now the real busy man. Now no, the real yeah. busy man. A man that never sleeps. <laughs> that's partly true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, Steve. I like Candio even better. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's oh, a great Candio. album, too. Song Candio is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Though that first album is so classic. Yeah. Anytime I'm driving in Massachusetts on the radio, you're going to hear the cars. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> They're supporting their own band there. Um, as far as me, on my own YouTube channel, which is Ken Michaels Radio, 
a lot of things going on. Uh, Tom mentioned Luca Parasi. I did two shows with Luca, one of which was uh, for his new book, Music is Ideas, just talking about Paul in the 70s. Now, his book covers the 70s and 80s, so I will be doing a follow-up with Luca on that just to talk about the 80s. I also had Luca on with our buddy Sam Wiles of the Paul or Nothing Paul McCartney podcast, and the three of us talked about our top three underrated McCartney studio albums. And it's just interesting to find out whether we all had different opinions or we shared some of the same ones. I did one like this almost a year ago, and it was a great show. Alan Cozen was a part of it. You might want to check out the old one with that. Also, I had Madeline Baccaro on once again. Um, and uh, she is the author of In Your Mind, The Infinite Universe of Yoko Ono. And we talked about Yoko Ono's premonitions, things that she brought up in her songs or things that she did in her artwork that later on foresaw the future. Very interesting thing. And yeah, I gotta say, Madeline had a really nice uh, Star Trek, the next generation type of shirt on. That one, I just I I, I texted her said I liked it because okay. oh this is just some this is just a sh work shirt I liked it. We'll get the Star Trek fans to watch that one. Then. They look like Picard. <laughs> well, also Picard shirt. Uh, mm -hmm. I did a recent another another Beatles trivia show with Dylan Seavey, Annie Nichols, your co-host there, Tom on Two Legs, and Edward Crawford. There'll be another trivia show coming soon. I'd like to try to do maybe one a month. Um, tomorrow I'll be recording a show. Bob Dylan's birthday is next week, May the 24th. So I will be having our friend Jeff Slate, who is a big Bob Dylan fan, does tributes to Bob in concert and even interviewed Bob himself um, and Annie Nichols coming back. Didn't know what a big Dylan fan he is. Huge, and huge fan. Really? I don't think of it. And then who else but Dylan Seavey? Dylan Seavey, of course. Okay, all the, the talk about Bob, Dylan, and the Beatles. <laughs> all their activities together. Well, not all of them. We'd be here for 10 hours doing that show. <laughs> but, um, you know, the relationship that Dylan had with the Beatles were doing a show on that, which should go up tomorrow night. Uh, my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com. Um, we're right now in the middle of a special contest to win the brand new book, Peter Asher, A Life in Music, signed by Peter Asher and the author, David Jacks. Go to my website, go to the special contest page to find out how to win that. And I also, of course, have my weekly Beatles trivia where you can win one of 10 great prizes. It's the best lineup of prizes I've ever had on that page. Go there right now, the trivia, Beatles trivia and games page. Uh, my other podcast show, Things We Said Today, the last show we did was to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Red and Blue albums. And so Alan Cozen and Darren DeVivo and myself, we all put together our revised Red and Blue albums for 2023. What changes would we make? Would we add some songs? Would we take out some songs? Kind of sounds like this other podcast show that we listen to every now and then. I don't know where that idea came from. But to update it for 2023. And uh, we'll be doing a show on living in a material world next uh, week for its 50th anniversary. And don't forget, if you want to hear my radio show called Every Little Thing, which covers all the, the Beatles group and solo recordings, thematic sets, interviews, rarities, you name it. If you've never heard the show before, you can listen to it on demand 
at WFDU's website, which is WFDU.FM. Type in the name Every Little Thing and um, in the archival shows, and you'll have the last two week shows there to listen to. I want to remind everybody, by the way, our next show is going to be on June the 5th. Because two weeks from today, it's Memorial Day, and I'm sure many of you will be, you know, out with the family, taking the day off. So we'll be doing another show on June 5th and talking about living in the material world. My all-time <laughs> favorite album from anybody. What? Never heard that and, before. And it's a solo <laughs> album. It's a solo Ken is album. so excited. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I got a moderated. Oh. Yep, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> And by the way, if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is really easy. Every little thing at att.net. Any comments you want to make about any of my shows? If you want to make a comment about this show or a suggestion, of course, you can write to us too. But uh, a big thank you to all of you for watching this tonight. This has been a tremendous conversation. A lot of great insights from all three of you. I'm eager to find out what you guys have to say about it in your comments. I'll be reading them after the show, probably, and <laughs> later in the week. But uh, tell all your friends about this, any Beatle fans that you know, if you want to really get them to explore the solo catalog of the Beatles, this is definitely the show to do it with. We cover all four of them here on the show. And uh, thanks to all of you for watching. Thanks to you guys for being a part of it. And uh, thanks for getting on the right thing with us. <laughs> See you next time. Talk, more talk, chat, more chat. <laughs>